I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So please, keep your hands inside the podcast at all times. Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Everyone goes crazy over any time it's on. Devil Wears Prada is amazing. I can I, watch I, it. I yeah. can watch it maybe that. And I mean, my my Meryl Streep movie, and I will fight people who say otherwise, is it's complicated. I think Yo, it's... Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I That's think that it, Nancy Myers classic rock. Yes, thank you. I think that it's complicated is is a masterpiece and it makes me crazy when people haven't seen it or are like, Oh, I thought that was for like old ladies. And I'm like, it is. And it's a masterpiece. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny. And they don't make them like that movie, like subject matter. So illicit, but they somehow make it super funny, all generations and kind of heartwarmingly adorable when it shouldn't yeah. be. But it is like, and I've seen it so many times and I love it. And it's shot in Santa Barbara, which is so beautiful and all used with locations and like, Meryl Streep is just like the most literally most beautiful like person in life in that movie. <laughs> Um, like, my, oh my god so true. And my old roommate John and I used to joke because we used to watch the movie together it was like our, our roommates movie and um, we <laughs> hey John Yee um, we used to talk about how it was like the biggest wealthy white people problem that she wanted a fourth wall yeah. on the kitchen that was already perfect so she built an oh, entire yeah. extension to her house to make another kitchen and I like I'm just like, of course Meryl Streep would be going through yeah, this. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and it's one of those, what Meryl wants, Meryl gets. It's like, yes. exactly. it's in the same universe as Legally Blonde. She probably hangs out with Elwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go, hi, hi, Streep, comma, Meryl. I can see her doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, while, we, uh, while we're talking what is hot and what is not, I want to get your opinion on the thing that happened this week. Do you have a story that you brought us of, uh, of something that's... Um, on your mind from the last seven days? Oh, so many things. Uh, obviously, the world is falling apart. Yes. That's always <laughs> fun. But to talk about something more fun, I think um, the summer movie season started officially. Guardians opened with $140 million, And I'm a huge Marvel fan. Like I said, these blockbusters are everything. The first Guardians is like probably one of my top three Marvel movies. Mm. And this mm. one... Verdict, I'm going to get shade for this. It's kind of disappointing, like, to a level where people tell me I'm being too hard on it, but I'm not. I really, I enjoyed watching it. Like, the MVP of the movie is Yondu, the one with the arrow and the Fohawk, the blue guy. He can have the arrow right. kind of go around and kill everyone. He was amazing in this, but then there was just so much going on at one time. And I mean, the best part about the first one and the first Avengers is how you balance and equalize everything out. It's not easy to balance out a movie with that many egos and shit, but just so many things happen with very zero purpose in this movie, I felt. And it, it should just be called Daddy Issues of the Galaxy, really, at the end of the day. Or <laughs> wow. that Fairy Queen Save the Earth. And to me, it did not push anything within the Marvel Cinematic Universe forward, which is even what the worst movies have done. Thor 1, Thor 2, definitely in the weakest here, but they 100% pushed the universe forward on what was next and what we can do. They had five post-credit scenes. Nothing had anything to do with the Marvel uh, uh, cinematic universe except maybe, like, one of them. And, like, the baby Groot was adorable. He's great, but he's not going to win me over the whole time. Like, I loved him. 
<laughs> and then they have like a post credit spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't seen it, close your ears. Uh, spoilers for like, Guardians of the room, Galaxy like, Two. Yeah, yeah. He's like in a room playing video games as like a teen tree goot and like teen angst and like Chris Pratt's yelling at him. Like that was funny, but tonally, that's what the humor should have been. There were a lot of jokes that fell flat, and that organic banter of the first one, Heart, wasn't there. You could definitely tell there was like studio notes galore for this one, which really made me mm. mad. But, um, you know, it's because I'm, I'm all about the adventure, but we saw so much angst and conflict. You need conflict with these characters in the last one. There should be a little more of unity between them is what I thought. Because, like, Avengers 2, the great thing was um, they kind of stand as one, and then Stark is selfish, and, you know, he has freaking James Spader, who's an MVP in that movie. Just what an amazing man. Um, He's incredible. Come out, and then they're like, oh, what did you do, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, even though there's animosity towards each other, they know they have to stand together. Like, my favorite scene in Avengers 2 is, once again, the same exact thing they did with the first one, where they go up in the air and talk for 45 minutes, is when they go to Jeremy Renner's farmhouse with uh, Daphne from Scooby-Doo ending up being his wife. And, like, <laughs> these are... But those are those grounded moments you want to see with them. And right. we didn't have that in Guardians 2. It's it's just very and and some of the imagery was beautiful, but then some of the CGI with the action was just terrible. Like so how can when you, Iron Man one look better than this, you know? Right. When you went to see the movie, were you there by yourself? Were you with friends? Was it opening night? No, mm. I went to a like sold out show with about like six hundred people in the theater on like a Sunday matinee, sold out with my girlfriend. Whoa. We were both very excited. She had she had just seen the first Guardians and really had a lot of fun with it. And it's like, it's it's a ton of fun. I, I need these movies to be fun, but also the thing is, these this universe takes itself very seriously as well as having fun. That's why when people try to give me shit and go, oh, you don't give that shit to Fast and the Furious universe. And I'm like, no, the Fast and the Furious universe doesn't take itself seriously. It is all, their whole glue at the end of the day that they try to market it off of is family this, family that. But at the end of the day, it's just a global travel road movie with a diverse cast from a bunch of different countries that anyone could enjoy. And since they nixed the racing and made everything about family and doing just crazy over-the-top at nine stunts, everyone is on board for that escapist big screen experience. <laughs> Marvel, you are on board for the escapist big screen experience, but you have... In the Fast and the Furious realm, you've invested yourself in the characters, but you also somehow, the best thing about the MCU is people are superheroes, you have superpowers, but you, like, see them as your family, you know, like, you see them as people, right. really, at the end of the day. Like, when Bruce Banner has, like, feels and shit, I, like, I felt emotions, you know, when he's just Bruce Banner and talking to ScarJo and shit, like, it's very real. Captain America 2, it's, which is the best Marvel movie, in my opinion, mm. um, and why it works is because it is just, it is a 70s espionage suspense spy thriller starring robert redford to the t it is literally just a formula all of those things and different villains and different obstacles and roadblocks but it's disguised as a marvel movie which is just the brilliant part about it that's what it focuses so much on the central core of characters and it's also the game changer for the whole entire marvel universe and what's going to happen to the rest of the story because that spoilers the reveal that you know hydra was working with parts of shield so I think that was my thing. I I didn't. I try not to over anticipate things after Spider Man three. That kind of set my bar really low. The uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man three. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone's everyone's go to laughable things. Uh, but yeah, I think that I with these characters that I like fell in love with. I just expected more and more 
enjoyment with them. Like, I'm all about angst and getting mad at each other, but, like, from the first act, spoilers again, Rocket and uh, Chris Pratt get mad at each other at minute 15. Mm-hmm. You're like, come on, dude. Like, How do we feel? Him, How do like, you feel about Chris Pratt and, like, the trajectory of tubby Parks and Rec Chris Pratt to, like, global superstar more famous than his formerly famous or wife? Yeah. Like, I think he's I think he's still the same. I love his social media presence. Um, I love that he's been doing What's My Snack as a big <laughs> on how much he eats, hates eating this super healthy, dumb shit to, like, keep his six-pack for Jurassic World 2. Um, so I think that's all. See, that's, like, he's, like, the YouTuber of, like, adults in our generation. We'll that's follow so him laugh at anything he says because he's our professional best friend that happens to be a movie star. Um, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I like love him, I've, especially now that he could be a replacement for the new FBI director with his character. Burt Macklin! So, Burt Macklin, FBI. Like, I'm so I'm so into just Burt Macklin. Macklin, son of a bitch. I've just been saying Macklin. that all day. Well, and we um, over here we love we love Janet Snakehole. My uh, father was a very rich man. Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, and I'm rewatching Parks and Rec right now. So yes. So amazing. Oh, and he's just best. very. I mean, he's been he's been great since he was the trust fund shithead hippie that went to Brown on OC season four. He's the best part yeah. of the OC season four, which is very very bad. For which, just disclaimer, the OC season one to me, I think, is the greatest pilot first season of any TV show that ever has existed. Ooh, high praise, It's it's 27 episodes, very good teen acting, because they weren't teens. Yeah, I know, right? That's pretty insane from 03 to 04. And also was an introduction and gateway on what we had as cable TV before, like Reddit, Internet, Tastemakers. That was the Tastemaker. That was your cool hip person to follow who was watching the OC because they introduced us to Death Cat for Cutie, the killers were on it, Modest Mouth, Interpol when Olivia Wilde and um, Yellow Card yeah. for the first time. Yellow Card. Anything like that played at Hollister. Things. Oh, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Vivian <laughs> Stevens, this was like, it was like the gateway into like indie hipster nonsense, which I just am obsessed with. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Chris Pratt being on the OC was just, I was like, oh yeah, I love this guy. And he was on this small show called Everwood. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Chris Pratt yeah, was, was also like Anne Hathaway's, he was Anne Hathaway's fiance in, um, Bride Wars, and I remember always... Was she? Was he? Bride Wars, was she? Were they? (laughs) But I remember there's this unbelievable scene. I'm not on Team Hathaway, and and Ian is. This is a a fight we regularly have on the show. Um, Oh, yeah, and I've learned about the culture of Team Not Hathaway. I'm indifferent (laughs) on her. I really don't have an issue, but I've heard a lot of people don't like her. I guess we appreciate that. Well, I really feel <laughs> I, she went from The Princess Diaries two with Chris Pine, who is everything to me, to um, to Bride Wars, and I just remember that through the whole movie, Kate Hudson is acting circles around Anne Hathaway. I'm Team Hudson for sure in that movie, but there's this one incredible scene where Anne Hathaway, you can tell she's tapping as an actor into a moment that probably happened in her real relationship where Chris Pratt picks apart something that's important to her and they're like two weeks from their wedding. Mm -hmm. And she's like, can't we just enjoy planning this? And he's like, enough, enough, all right? I'm going to go to the gym. You need to chill the fuck out. And she's like, I need, you know, and it was just one of those moments where I was like, this is not the Chris Pratt that I know. Like, (laughs) Damn it, Chris. Damn it. No, it's very, I I saw that movie in theaters, I will not lie. Um, 
I don't blame you. Freshman year at Elon. And it was uh, very, very, it was like winter term when that movie came out, too. So it was very, like, funny because, I mean, I'm not going to say the name, but it was a sorority rush, I think, goes on during winter term. Yeah. And, like, this person was, like, exhausted and, like, didn't get a bid from the houses. And it made it seem like it was, like, a life or death conflict, basically. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, was like, oh, yeah. You want to go on a date? I've been wanting to ask you on one, Aww. but yeah. And then she was like, "Yeah, can we go see Bride Wars?" But yeah, I think it was less of a date and like a, "Oh fuck, you really need to see Bride Wars." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you need that's, this. That's something you need a. You did, I don't even think. Yeah, I was like, you just need a friend right now. <laughs> well, I definitely took us off on uh, on tangent number two with that one, but oh, I. Yeah. I mean, Raj, we are so appreciative. To have, I mean, you're just like, you're like a fountain of information. And yeah. I just, I'm listening. And we're here for it. Like, we're obsessed with it. I know. My Ian- best friend calls me syntax here because he could just push a button on me and I'm better than the internet. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, I honestly, and I, I know I said it at the top of our segment, but when I go looking, the, the moment I get on Facebook, Raj is so active that I'm telling Ian, like, you're so active on Facebook that something is always coming up that I'm like, fuck, I'm glad I knew that before I walked out the door because someone's going to bring it up. Like, Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you guys are too kind. I just uh, try to spread a good welfare of knowledge to people because I want to keep people, I want to keep people dope. It's like, I feel like it's more better to, I, there were select people, I think at Elon, I was, it was too early to launch it. People weren't ready for it, but now they are. So it makes yeah. me feel very happy. It was the same exact way on social media at Elon. Just there was enough engagement or reception. So it's uh, I'm very happy with it. Now, thank well, you. You're way too kind. We're at, like, and I'm just very happy to be on. Of thank course. You. Oh, my God. We're so lucky. We're like, Hashtag at, keep people dope. I love keep it. Keep people dope and and free yeah. jaw. And free jaw. Honestly, it's funny because I feel like we we talked about it last week on our show but we're like at peak yeah. wokeness as well. And it's like, that's the perfect linear, that's the perfect alignment to getting people engaged on social media. And it's, I mean, it's Dope what you, and woke. yeah, it's what you do best. I mean, you really, I really admire that about you. And clearly anyone who listens to this episode is going to know more by the time this is over. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> no. And also everyone on a, on a final note, um, on iTunes, my favorite movie of the year, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Seen it three times. Try to get like at least 20 friends to see it together because it is one of the best theater experiences I've ever had in my life is Jordan Peele's Get Out. Yes! No, yeah, right everyone now. is saying that. Literally, it, did you almost see it in theater? Raj, I, I saw did not. it. I, I'm, I'm behind. I need to. I need to. I saw it for the first uh, time last week. Mm. I went alone on a Friday night and the theater, obviously the movie extended in theaters. So there weren't that many people. I mean, I, Uh I, it was like, I just never thought. And, and what Jordan Peele does so geniusly is he wove two genres that are juxtaposed and made them. He he made a new genre. Like I can't explain. He made a new genre. It's not because my girlfriend hates horror and she was horrified from the previews. And then she became like, we saw it on the first day it came out. Uh, my girlfriend, and uh, Julia Gallagher from Elon. Do you remember her? I love Julia. Hey, Julia. Yeah, so, yeah, hi, Julia. Uh, so the three of us went to, like, a 7.30 p.m., like, show and completely sold out theater. 
which was awesome. And Julia and I wanted to see it because Jordan Peele did it. And my girlfriend was like, okay, this could be interesting because I said it's more, it, to me, it looked like exactly what it was, like a paranoia suspense thriller than more of a horror. Right. But then it's just, and it ended up being that has like mixed with so much. That's why like someone got mad at someone for spoiling the twist, which I won't do it. Please but don't. But spoiling that twist, yes, I won't. Spoiling the third act twist, if someone does, should make you want to watch the movie more because I think it's the reveal of that twist is what makes that moment. Yeah. Like, knowing it is like, oh, it'll come. And all the performances were so damn good. I love Daniel Kaluuya. I love that Eric from Billy Madison is the dad. Yeah. We're team, yeah, we're team Bradley Whitford over here. We love, we love West Wing uh, culture. We love, love Bradley yes. Whitford. He was, he was amazing in it. So was Milton from Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I love, I love her in it. And yo, Allison Williams is a fucking star. I know, yeah. So annoying to me as Marnie on Girls, but I knew she was a good actress. But she is fucking amazing in this. And they also start the movie with Childish Gambino's um, Redbone. Yeah. That has the stay woke, baby creeping. So (laughs) that was exciting. And then the MVP of the movie to me is Lil Rel Howley, the best friend character of Daniel Kaluuya, who is. You didn't think there would be this much comedy in this movie, but there was, and it, like, worked without trying to be comedy, especially with the audience. Like, it was just also the most victorious third act I've witnessed with a theater audience. Those last 20 minutes were just like, oh, my God, like, the stakes were so high and the payoff was just know. awesome. I, I like I saw it two more times in theaters with the sold-out theater. That. I want to watch it, like, in a sold-out theater always. Um, but it's amazing. <laughs> the moment-to-moment work at the end, I mean, it's like, it's it's what we're living for. It's this, it's the... Bi- I need to see this movie. I know, Ian, we I gotta to go. Oh, no, dude, dude, after, after we're done with this, try to go to the theater to see it again, or just go on your iTunes and budge out $10 to watch it, yeah. like, instantaneously, and it'll be the best decision mm. you've ever made, and you will tell everyone to watch it. I, <laughs> so most reviews I've heard about this was positive, it's just interesting because remember I said I love when people have different opinions of me when I walked out of the theater there's this kid completely like blonde haired blue eyed kid backwards vineyard vines hat with like oh, no. a Brooks Brothers vest and everything so yeah, everyone like, we went to college like, with Elon kid yeah yep. and <laughs> which is like that is literally the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my whole goddamn fucking life what? who the fuck allowed that to be made and then I just went up to this guy and went yeah, man, stay woke, dude. Yes. <laughs> he's just like, get out of my face. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just telling you, it's a good movie. Why didn't you like it, this random stranger? And then he just like went away and like shook me off. And I was like, oh my oh, God. Man. Him hating that movie makes this not only the best movie of 2017, maybe one of the best movies I've just ever seen. <laughs> yeah. On so, that yeah. note, I mean, we're, we're uh, again, so fucking lucky. Where can people find you on social media so they can follow all this information yeah. day to day to day? Yes. Oh, you're too kind. And I'm lucky to be on. I would love to come back sometime soon or even, like, do a little bit for what's, what's hip in pop culture. Always, always happy to be on. Long live Elon. Go Phoenix. Long live um, Elon. Yes. Long live Elon. My uh, handles are on Instagram and Twitter are ASAPRaji. So that's ASAP, like the hit rappers, Rocky and Ferg. Then Raji, R as in Randall, A as in Aaron, J as in Jacob, Y as in Yellow. So yes, ASAP Raji. I love it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I know personally I'm going to be keeping up. I'm going to make Ian keep up with oh, you, too. Oh, 100%. You sold me. Yeah. Buddy. Oh, yes. Thank you. And see Get Out. Yes. See Get Out. Everybody go see Get Out. Um, Everybody goes. All know. right. Well, from coast to coast, we love you so much. New York to LA. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Thank you so much. All the love. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Really appreciate it. All yep. right. Looking forward to the next one. Of yeah. course. Oh, we can't wait. All right. Thanks, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. He's so knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's overwhelming how little I know. Right. <laughs> and, it's, and like, I, and you were someone, I was like, oh yeah, Claire knows this shit. Like, like, you know, but when it comes to music, like that's what I admire about Raj so much. And he's just the nicest guy to do this for us. It's like, oh, yeah. we haven't had this kind of perspective. I think the closest we came was Joe Kroger and Dalton DeShane. Sure. Have, On a different, like... But on a different side of it too in a completely different niche of the same market exactly and I, yeah and I think that um, Raj's genius really and Raj again I know we just hung up the phone but we love you so much yeah Raj I think his genius is the is the intersection between what we're watching and we're listening to mm-hmm. I think it's really just fantastic yeah yeah cool. well that's that, y'all. If What's you need that? to follow him, ASAP Raji, and we will promote him again at the end of the show. Let's get to the thing that happened this week. Let's do it. You're first, Ian. Um, what happened first. to you this week? Oh, this actually happened to me today. Because um, I had a pretty, like, tame week. Um, actually, no, I didn't. I had a pretty, like, exciting week. My parents are in town, like... Um, I love your parents. Thank you. Like they, like they love meeting my friends. I met them for the first time. Um, And like I've had some like pretty exciting like like uh, career stuff like sort of spark. We'll see if anything happens with it. Sure. um, But what happened to me today is I got to see um, a show I choreographed for the first time because I was choreographing Little Mermaid for a bunch of kids um, up where I grew up, and it was a lot of fun. It's like doing youth theater. Like is such. Like, it's such a fun challenge in a way that, like, you it, the levels are all over the place. And, of course, that does translate into what it was today, a preview performance, where you have your kids that are always on, and then you have your kids that just don't get it, and then you have a spectrum of kids in between that, like, that have their strengths and their weaknesses. So I got to really see that all from the outside today for the first time, really, since I've been there. Right. Um, so it was just fascinating and like it's, it's exciting. Yeah, like it's really cool and like I, like it's a good group of kids. Like I'm like, and it's funny because um, I did Beauty and the Beast there almost ten years ago. Sure. And the director, same director, all these years was telling me the same thing happened this year as then, which was like today that first like ten a.m. preview performance was the first time we ran the show. Because Disney, because sh- Disney shows are such spectacles, and you have this non-for-profit children's theater doing this incredibly ambitious feat, right? And doing it well. I mean, like everything has a are little they snag. A, a well-budgeted theater. Um, well-budgeted enough. I mean, like Rockland enough County. Enough to get is, it done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Rockland County is an affluent enough area. Like we're kind of like. There is a I don't not found object right, theater, humble but brag. It's fun. No, I just, mean like well I mean like, I walked you right into that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean like 
play, parts of it are. Like, okay. Like, you can go to one town and it's very, like, upscale, and then you go, like, three miles east and it's, like, and it's completely opposite. Other side of the um, track. Exactly. Bummer. Quite literally. But, like, all these kids from Rockin' County get together and they put on, like, a, a show and... Um, I'm gonna go back Sunday when they after they finish the first week of their run, and I'm Great. I'm excited to see how it looks like just with it on its feet and them like used to an audience. And today was a show for school children, so like it doesn't even matter. So any moments that get you a little reclamped? There is, um, yeah, and it's like the I noticed this when I choreograph. It's the very small honest, um, grounded moments, even in choreography, that really get to me. Totally. Um, so in Little Mermaid, there is a song called One Step Closer, which is uh, Prince Eric is asking Ariel to dance. and this Prince Eric has things to say. He has he has plenty of things to say. As opposed to the, the, the film. The, the title. <laughs> yeah. With the film with, you know, the animated film from 94. 90- Two? Like 92, yeah. 92? I was about to say 94, but that's it's not like right. It's like 92 that's or 93. No, it's 92. No, it might even be 89. Ugh, fuck. I can't remember because anything. I think it might have been 89 because, and I don't know why I know this, I feel like that was 89, Beauty and the Beast was 91, and yeah. Aladdin was 93? Yeah, and then Lion King 94. Yeah. Okay, okay. But um, I feel like, I I know his name is Prince Eric, and exactly. that's pretty much it. Um, also, side note, there is an amazing, like, summary video of Little Mermaid called Ariel Needs Legs that I highly recommend everybody <laughs> checking out. It's, like, a cartoon comic version of this in, like, two and a half minutes. It's the funniest fucking thing on YouTube. <laughs> um, so anyway, in this, um, Eric asks Ariel to dance, and it's just this very... She has legs? She has legs. She has legs at this point. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess he never really saw her without them. No. Ever. No. Like ever. That's, yeah, ever. Well, ever. except the one, the big fight. Right, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Which I, like, in the musical, I don't even think, like, that's Ursula's a, thing. a jealous bitch. Ursula. Everybody knows We it. have, like, the most ferocious Ursula, though. She's going to be um, a freshman at NYU next year, and she Cash, is... Cash, as one does. And she, like, I was watching today, I was like, she is, like, she's going to be fine. <laughs> like, she is going to be in this business, and, like, she'll be knocked around plenty like the rest of us, but she's going to be fine. Um, but, yeah, so One Step Closer is, like, this just... It's a, a nice, it's just a nice song, and when I was choreographing it, you have two young, like, 14, 17-year-old boys who are awkward teenagers, and I give them this choreography, and they just go with it, and I, I watched it today, that. and it's just really sweet, It's and those, like, really sweet moments, and, like, those really simple moments are... I love that. Like, I really I love, love that stuff. hearing about young people that can take direction and appreciate guidance because I think I was, oh, yeah. I was the exact opposite. Yeah. Now my career is reflective of of the kind of person that I always wanted to be, but mm-hmm. just was too proud to be in mm. in high school. You know, in community theater or in high school productions. Like, yeah. I remember distinctly fighting with directors because they asked me to do something that was completely reasonable and I just wanted it really? my way. Yeah, and That's now fascinating. now I can't live without direction. Like you've got to help me. Like oh. I'm desperate. Like <laughs> I'm always just like, yeah, just tell me what to do. I'll do it. I promise. I promise. I'll do it. And I'll do it. I'll just fire me. Yeah. Um and then um there's a quartet which is my favorite song in the show called If Only. Okay. Um I highly recommend like there's so many problems with The Little Mermaid as a stage musical, but If Only the Quartet is so beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, like, luckily, like, we have a cast that 
that does it really well. So, All right. Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, you've sold me. I got to go listen to it. Yeah. Like, if you know nothing else from Little Mermaid, like, everyone knows part of your world, but listen to If Only. It's just a beautiful number. Amazing. So, I got to see that today for the first time since finishing my work on the show. Um, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. It takes a lot. I mean, and the work that you do. work. Guys, at home. <laughs> I know that you know this because Ian talks about Fancy Best Buy and teaching dance class and choreography and producing new works. And it's been a busy few months. And like, this doing has been this a fucking very, podcast. This has been a very like fortunate like six months. But Ian, I mean, you you bring a light to all of your work, and I think your life is wealthy in in love. Like Thank it just you. like I, it, I feel it. It just shines through everything you do, and like how, like how more I can't, I can't be more proud. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah. And I, I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna see how it progresses, and I'm already watching it, like from two weeks from now, like of how it's going to end up. So, super, yeah. super thrilled. And yeah, so He's that's thrilled, what happened. Y'all. Yeah, that's what happened to me this week. That is a good the thing that happened. <laughs> Thank this week. you. Hashtag yeah. this week's thing. Hashtag, hashtag this week's. Thing. Ian's changing children's lives. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> the lives of children. Yeah. Um, so what happened to you this week, Claire? This week is a little bit of um, an homage to our first episode. Yeah. Our first episode, our premiere episode, we talked about how I had a crazy dream. Mm-hmm. And this week I had another crazy dream. Yeah. It was not in French, so don't get excited. Uh, well, bye. Boner down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I had a dream that I was engaged to Chris Hemsworth, and I had I had drama with the engagement, and was going family member to family member and friend to friend, complaining, but trying not to let him know that I was upset. That the ring that he bought me was hideous. Aww. It was... Okay, so I am pretty strictly a platinum or silver girl. I don't really wear tones of gold. And this ring was like a chunky... <laughs> it was like a chunky nickel band like that would turn your finger green with like a... Like, it wasn't a snake, but wrapped around it like ivy or a snake. Mm -hmm. This, like, dirty gold. And the setting... And this is not the first dream I've had where there was an ugly ring presented to me. And I think I have a problem. (laughs) But the setting is, like, like a crown of thorns. You know, like, like not thorns, but, like, sticky, sticking up. And it's not even. It's not well made. And, and then the stone was like kind of dingy and like rocking back and forth in the setting. Okay, Chris Hemsworth, come on, you come have that on, Avengers Chris money. Hemsworth, come on, what the fuck is that? Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, he's Thor. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Um, <laughs> this was a joke on SNL this week. I was All just going to ask you. <laughs> I was thinking that you were talking about Chris. What's his face? Is Captain America? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's also Marvel, right? Am I? Crazy? Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, they're both Avengers. Okay. So Chris Hemsworth is Thor, but what was really weird, besides the whole ring debacle, was that I was imagining the face of Liam Hemsworth. Okay. Liam Hemsworth is Chris Hemsworth's younger brother who is now engaged to Miley Cyrus for the Again, second time. yeah. And I think they're really a beautiful couple. I mean, I have very little opinion about Miley anymore, but yeah. I, and I don't know why I picked his face, but was using his brother's name. So anyway, that's the whole dream. It was so crazy. And I'm engaged 
to a smoking hot, successful, friendly Australian guy. And all I can talk about is how ugly the ring is. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just materialistic. Well, I was going to ask you if, if you asked Miley Cyrus her opinion in that dream. But I'm guessing no, she, she wasn't. No, she wasn't there. Okay. No, no. I think I complained to my mom. Mm. I think I complained to a close friend, but I can't place the name or the face of some someone I felt close to. I want to know what the significance of the ring is, because if that's a recurring symbol in your dream... It is a little bit. I've had a couple of dreams in the past, not recently, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over the last few years, where I get engaged, but I guess the ring, which is supposed to be the, the symbol of the engagement... Mm-hmm. Um, is terrifying or hideous or heavy yeah. on my hand or hmm. um mostly that it's ugly sure. <laughs> well i mean yeah you want you want a nice ass ring like who doesn't yeah, like, i mean who doesn't i don't want a nice ring i don't need the ring that kanye gave kim and those guys stole from her but uh-huh. i you know and i don't need beyonce's yellow canary diamond but i mean i do I do believe that a guy should spend about three months' salary on the ring. Like, you know, and you pay it in installments. Like, yeah. I, I I, think it's reasonable if this is the symbol of our love forever. Like, buy something Invest nice. Invest in your love. And, and make sure it's my style. It makes me crazy when I am listening to podcasts or, um, you know, Millionaire Matchmaker or anything. I, I think I put those two together because the Millionaire Matchmaker. What's her name? I've, I've completely forgotten. Patty Stanger. Patty, Patty Stanger. Uh, yes. Patty Stanger was on Anna Ferris's podcast and was giving mm. Anna's best friend a hard time because he's ready to propose to his girlfriend what? but hadn't um, hadn't asked her what kind of ring she wants. And Patty goes, we're done with surprises. Ask her. You need to ask her because she's going to wear it on her hand every day for the rest of her life. Yeah. Just ask her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why didn't Chris, Chris Hemsworth ask me? Right? What? Crims like, Hesworth. Crims Hesworth. Why didn't Crims Hesworth I mean, ask like, you wouldn't me? think that would, like, and the, like, the older I'm getting and the more of, like, the more people I know who are in long-term relationships are getting engaged, like, the more I, the more I'm, like, living with that, the more I'm, like, finding out that it's not, like, unusual to be, like, what kind of engagement ring do you like? Well, like, what a normal ring girl, size? a normal girl will, like, cut it out of a magazine and just leave it around the house until, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I, I have no shame in dropping some hints, you know? Yeah. No. I think it's all good. Oh, yeah. So anyway, there's not much to it, but it was just another crazy dream. And if anybody That's has any insight. Yeah, I'd love to hear, like, the insight on what they think of the, like, the celebrity significance, the ring significance. I just wish it was Chris Pine. Yo, I'm like, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't, but also it's a dream, so crazy it, shit can I happen. I might have had it after I watched SNL, and maybe just all the names of Chris's were floating in my so head. That was so funny, too. That whole really opening. funny. With the four different Chris's. Yeah. So funny. That got me. Yeah. Okay. That was a good episode, too. It was a very strong episode. Yeah. Yeah. Can this be tangent number three? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I just love where SNL is right now. Yeah. I'm a little annoyed that Melissa McCarthy and Alec Baldwin are on every episode. Yeah. I love their talents, but, like, sometimes the joke is dead. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, personally for me, um, Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer for some reason never gets old to me. <laughs> that, like, I mean, like, I could totally see what you're saying, and like, I could totally see why, but like, for some reason, just well, we Melissa have... McCarthy angrily yelling at things is just never not funny to me. Right, but we have hosts of the show for a reason. I say we, like, I'm working directly <laughs> right. with Lauren. They're hosts on SNL for a, for a reason, reason, and it's only now that they're doing these special appearances. It's different when like you know 
uh, Steve Martin is hosting and he has a bunch of his friends come on yeah. for like a walk on during the monologue. Yeah. Like that's completely different. Or like a cameo because like, I don't, like shitty example, like because a Sarah Palin story yeah. comes up and Tina Fey just happens to walk on set because of nostalgia. Right. right. Um, and so it's in that place that I'm like, oh wow, appropriate, great. Yeah. Um, I am annoyed I think by the repeat appearances because they're not hosting the show and I yeah. think their time there overshadows slightly what the host has dreamed their whole life of doing. Well, because I remember thinking like Beck Bennett would be such a great Trump. I think he would be great. I think like, I, I, I think he would be great. <laughs> you know who I, I mean, I, the problem is, is no one's quite old enough to pull it off yeah. like when bill Hader was on the show he looks just creepy enough or fred yeah. armison was truly in his mid-40s oh yeah old enough to to age up the makeup but beck bennett is still in his early 30s he's yeah. still a super sexy young dude yeah so not that fred armison and bill Hader aren't sexy because like, i you beck know bennett i do like, it beck bennett is sexy i know super sexy love and beck he makes bennett. a great pence too he does do a great pence yeah I do like his pence. My favorite thing that he does is um, Baby CEO. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. It's the one where he's the boss of a Fortune 500 company or a Fortune 100, but he uh-huh. has the body of a baby. Okay. And every time someone takes a meeting with him, his assistant has to warn them that he has the body and mannerisms of a baby, but he's a very powerful man. I've heard of that. Okay, <laughs> I definitely know that premise. It really gets me. So anyway, thus endeth the third tangent, yeah. and thus endeth the thing that happened this week. Yeah, yeah. all right. Quiz That's time? It. Quiz time. Cool. Claire Manship, what yeah. are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with seeing all of the Broadway shows that I can before Tony season. Mm. Um, just because I have been lax about it in the past, mostly because I couldn't afford to go to all the shows. And now I pretty much caught up on everything that has a nomination, at least in the musical category. I got to go to some plays soon. It's great. Um, and there were some that closed that I missed, and I'm, I'm very sad about it, particularly Significant Other. I really wanted yeah, to see. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um... So anyway, that being said, I've just been obsessed with, you know, like there's nothing wrong with buying a $40 ticket and sitting in the oh, last row. Love like it. I love if that a show shit. is good, it will still work. Exactly. And there are some that were major clunkers, didn't like them. Yeah. Had a really so, bad time at a couple of shows. And I think that's almost I think that's just as fun to talk about. Like, a little bit. Yeah, and it's tough though because sometimes there are shows uh, just in general here you have friends in and you're like, I loved your portion of it, but the show itself is not for me. Mm-hmm. And some people are very understanding about that. Some people are not yeah. understanding about that. So I just don't even breach the conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really an enjoyable couple weeks of theater recently. Cool. So, so that's that. That's what I'm obsessed great. with. And so like we can, and I don't, I don't know if we've done this desert Island one, so I can re I can reframe it. If we've we gone can. far enough that I think we can reuse cool. some old ones with twists. Okay. Yeah. Is um, that fair? Have we done three cast recordings that you can only listen to? No. So three desert Island, three cast recordings that you can listen, that you would listen to. Okay. And for those that aren't in the, the- theatrical the theater. professional, uh, profession, a theatrical professional profession. Um, <laughs> we call them OCRs, original cast recordings, and they are the non-revival casts of mm-hmm. a Broadway or West End show. Yes. So that being said, I could listen to Legally Blonde forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Like, 
Not gonna. That's that's some fun music. Like, um, and it's genius. It's, it's fucking genius. I didn't know you loved Legally Blonde. The so show much. is genius. I will fight for Legally Blonde. The movie Yo, and the show. I love it. I just love it so much. Have you ever done it? No, and I. You know what? I've been in for Vivian so many fucking. You would times. be actually. <laughs> I just think that the theme of. Like, every song starts with something genius. And I think that the moment that the show was like, wow, this is in my blood, mm-hmm. is what you want, wanna, what you want is me, but yeah. you need to see me in a brand new domain. Well, it's plain water in a different setting. I know the show front to back. I love the show so much. It's and the fun. only song that sucks is Blood in the Water and everybody hates oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, the second show that I could listen to from beginning in, um, I'll go Dear Evan Hansen. It's brand new, but... Um, and it's not brand new. I mean, they did their first reading in 2011. But I think Benj and Justin have outdone themselves. Benj Pasek, Justin Paul, most famous for La La Land. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Dear Evan Hansen, On My Heart Forever. I will listen to it forever. Gotta pick a classic? Probably... No, see, because I like some of the different... It's not the original cast. I like some of the concert I'll, versions. I'll let you, yeah, you can do that. I'll give that to you. Okay, all right. Um... Yeah, let's go with the Into the Woods. Yeah, Into the Woods. I'll go original because I love Bernadette. Yeah. Yeah, I love Bernadette Peters. So yeah, Into the Woods. I think um, the witch's rap is so smart, but oh my, my favorite part in the show is Your Fault. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. It is. It's not. It's true. Wait that, a minute. But from you. Yeah. Um, that, like, that is one of my all-time favorite shows just because everything in that show is so fucking smart. Yeah. It's yeah. genius. Steven, I could ramble about that show forever. Stephen Sondheim really is just a national treasure. And when oh, yeah. he passes, which unfortunately might be in the soonish number of years, I think that, I mean, I hope not, but he is an elderly man. Um, I really just, I cherish everything he's done, everything he's written, how open he's been with the public, mm. how he's an actor's writer. Oh, yeah. It kills me when people write a musical that no one can sing. And I'm like, what did you expect to happen from this? It's part of my qualms with Jason Robert Brown. Oh, yeah. I would think that my, my like, kind of extra, you know, like, if I could pick an honorary fourth, it would probably be the Sherry Renee Scott. Last five years. And Yeah, exactly. Uh, my two favorites. The lab of the last five years before it went off Broadway. Mm. And I, but the thing is, is, like, only people with freak voices can sing, can sing that, that show. yeah. I happen to pride myself, and it shouldn't be a point of pride, on being able to sing a role like that, like yeah. Kathy in the last five years, because it's just that hard. It's, it's just, just that, that hard. hard. Yeah. I feel like maybe my honorary fourth should actually be The King and I. Ooh, classic. Yeah. I mean, just the just the march of the princes and princesses. That's an R.E.H. that I just don't know as well. Fuck, you gotta listen to it. I buddy. know, I know. My mom loves that show. I want to play. I want to play Anna, but it, I I can't whistle, <laughs> so it might be a problem. So I'll just stick to Eliza Doolittle. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Those are my desert Great. islands. Oh, so <laughs> we spent we spent so much time on that. I forgot there's other questions. I know. What are you watching slash listening to right now? Really getting into The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Yeah, I hear it's amazing. Pretty good. Didn't really like Elizabeth Moss in anything before. Um, I really mostly... I know everybody loved her on Mad Men, but I knew her as Fred Armisen's ex-wife. And um, I really feel strongly 
that um, the show is, I mean, pretty great. I mean, maybe better than anything Netflix has made so far. Really? Yep. Wow. <laughs> I know. Strong words. Pretty strong. Strong words from a powerful lady. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just heard purred happily in my head. <laughs> <laughs> strong words from a woman who seems to know what she's talking about. Um, what am, what else am I watching? Um, you know, just some more Gilmore, as always, always mm-hmm. on loop. Love Gilmore and Parks and Rec, always on loop. And what am I listening to? I'm studying for Hairspray. I can finally say that I'm doing it. Yeah. Studying for Hairspray, listening to a lot of Hairspray, all the different versions, picking it's my great. favorite riffs. Um, but I'll probably just make them up. Um mm-hmm. And are you yawning? Am I fucking boring you? No, I've been up since like 7 a.m. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ian. I, you know what? I had to to watch kids dance. Okay, I'm fighting a major infection and I don't want to hear your complaints. (laughs) You win. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, no, no. You win. I am listening to... uh, Frankly, I'm back on a Dear Evan Hansen kick. That's great. And I've determined that my... One of my favorite songs in the show, like story-wise, is To Break in a Glove, where right. Evan Hansen is being taught how to break in a baseball glove. And um, obviously the song is a metaphor for doing something hard. The theme of the song that I really love is, um, it just takes a little patience, takes a little time, a little perseverance, and a little uphill climb. But it's the hard thing, and it's the right thing. That's the sweet. Right break in a glove sorry my allergies have gotten me but you get the gist i think it's really touching and that is what i am listening to and podcasts as always if you all aren't listening to npr's up first it's really worth it up first is great it's like a very edible 10 minutes at the start of your day it's up at 6 a.m eastern time and it's just letting you know like the stories that are either about to break or broke overnight that's awesome yeah it's pretty great um, who's the last person you texted other than me? No cheating. Last person I texted was my boss, mm. David. David. David and Kate, the best bosses ever. And David was telling me, um, that, uh, one of his kids who is recently represented got her first call back. Ooh. Very exciting. That's so exciting. Yes. And well, that's congrats. that. Um, and now finally, last question of the week, our favorite. One person, living or dead, who you may or may not know, who you wish well. I would like to wish well the head of the performing arts department at Elon University. Mm. I just have a lot to owe to Elon. And if this man didn't take a chance on me, I wouldn't have any career. <laughs> yeah. I was transferring schools and I was totally lost and afraid and freaked out. And I'm just so glad that I went there. So thank you, Fred Rubeck. Fred, you have the biggest heart and... Every time we talk, I feel like my life is more full and you were not only, you know, the guiding light in the department for me and for, I mean, all the other students, but you were also uh, my advisor and my mentor. And at some points during my career at Elon, my saving grace, you told me just to keep my head down and to keep doing what I know I do best. And now I'm getting paid to do it because of you. And and I mean, obviously, there were many other professors and many other teachers and many other voice teachers and dance instructors and mentors and friends and family that made this possible. But I really do feel that if Fred didn't let me go to Elon, <laughs> I mean, I was already going to Elon. I had, just, I had transferred, but I didn't have a major because I mm-hmm. didn't get into the music theater department. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, someone was like, you should audition for the acting program. Like, Fred will see something in you. And, I mean, he did. They accepted me in the room at my audition. Well, fuck yeah. F- fuck yeah, mentors. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, so fuck yeah, Fred. Love fuck you to yeah, death. Fuck yeah, Fred. Fuck yeah, Fred. <laughs> he probably wouldn't like that that would be his hashtag, but whatever. But so Frederick, awesome. Frederick J. Rubeck, he's the best. The best ever. It's great. All right, Ian Brodsky. Hi. What are you obsessed with right now? Okay, so this also just happened today before you got here. I'm obsessed with Laverne Cox because there is this video ah. on YouTube of her singing like soprano opera. Huh. And it is beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And like like I like there really isn't that much to say about it, but like I like somehow like I, I just like kept on thinking about it after I was watching. I was like, that is just so amazing, because I just think she is so fucking talented. Like, I mean, forgive, it's such... my, forgive my ignorance, but does that make Laverne a countertenor, or does that just make her a true soprano honestly, in her in her most honest life? Honestly, I don't know. I want to say soprano just because, like the like the trans i for lack of a better term, the trans identity like uh, acceptance is like. For is ev- for every well, part of you, yeah, is like yeah. a woman. So my instinct is to say that like she's a soprano, great, but also like that could be something I don't know either. Um, uh, yeah, I mean I don't have the vocabulary for it, but the fact yeah. that she is singing in that register is and, like just one more thing. And like, and there was a little caption like that says, "I did something today that I rarely ever do because it frightens me," and that was singing live, and it was beautiful wow. because I saw her in Rocky Horror on Fox, and like that movie, like well that remake was. Such a fucking shit show. She was great, but I th- I was like, this is like not anywhere near as great as I know she can be. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just such a cool video. So I like I like I think a friend like it was on my friend's timeline posted by another one of her friends. Okay. So like I'm sure you can find it on Facebook somewhere. I'm sure it'll circulate. But that great, amazing. Thank you. Desert Island three. Alcoholic beverages to drink Ooh. forever. Ooh. Um, it seems so simple. I don't know why we never did it. Right? I guess because um, I was sober for so long. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert, I'm drinking again. Like, for real, for real? Not for real, for real. But, yeah, but I know you did when you went to France. Yeah, I mean, I had a drink with your parents the other night. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just like, only in situations where I feel extra special safe. Um, whiskey ginger. Great. Like, I love a good whiskey ginger. Amazing. Um... A barnstormer, what like is that? which I was so disappointed because the the Smith did, like didn't have the ingredients the other night when we were there, but it's like grapefruit juice, uh, whis uh, I think it's whiskey or bourbon, um, bitters and like maybe one or two other things, but it is so good. Yeah, and it's very refreshing because it has the grapefruit juice. But mm-hmm. like yeah, um, so definitely that because I'm kind of obsessed with that now. Great. Um, like probably just like a Corona. Okay. Because like, there's nothing I love more. And are more you like, lime in? Lime in. Okay, lime like, in. There's nothing I love more on like a summer day than just like a cold Corona with lime. Amazing. Chilling. Perfect. Yeah. Question number three: What are you watching slash listening to? Ooh. Um, I am watching, still watching uh, The West Wing. Great. Speaking of, um, uh, what was his name? Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Does he play Josh Lyman on? I'm trying to remember who yeah. he is. Yeah. Okay, he's Josh. Cool. That my instincts were right. Um, so I'm watching that, um, the season finale of Riverdale is tonight, so I'm going to watch that tomorrow. Oh boy. Um, and, like, so those are the main things. I'm just keeping up on the shows that I watch, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, At Midnight, 
um, Daily Show. Um, ooh, excuse me. He's yawning. He's burping. I'm just. He I'm so disrespectful fuck, today. He doesn't give a fuck. Uh, the disrespect I am throwing around this room. Um, <laughs> and listening, I'm actually listening to Miss Saigon a lot lately. Great. Because, like, I love all those British imp- those British import shows, like from like the 80s and 90s. Right. Like that's what got me into musical theater and wanting to be an actor. But I just never got into Miss Saigon until just recently. Um, yeah. And well, now they have having this done revival. it, it's yeah. a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta yeah. tell you, it's a big rabbit hole. <laughs> like, I mean, I because I, I have friends at work that I see all the time, and like the other day, like we have one grumpy guy, like that's kind of his game, uh, is that like he's just like the grumpy guy, and so one day I w- it was stuck in my head, so I wanted to walk up and up to him and go, "Do you want one more tale of a Vietnam girl? <laughs> do you want want to know I was bound to a man I don't love, yeah. and I didn't get the chance to do it? So maybe this week, like, do you want to know how my village was burned? Yeah. Um, and I'm listening to like all my, my typical podcasts, um, Pod Save, Pod Save America, America, Pod Save the People, Pod Save the World. Um, I love the Crooked Media Empire. Um, Nerdist has been doing some great stuff because Chris Hardwick has his new show on AMC. Totes. Um, oh, and, uh, LCD Sound System just came out with a new EP, so I've been listening to that and it's uh, great. Amazing. Yeah, and they were just on SNL, so really excited. Yeah, didn't love their live performance. I think there's just so many of them that the it doesn't they work can't on move. the SNL stage. Yeah, it's it's a like, little small for them for yeah, sure. But like, yeah, great. Yeah. Question number four: Who was the last person you texted? Can't look, can't be me, can't cheat, cheater. I think it was my friend Dan because he I was helping him move today. Oh wow! So, yeah, so he worked with children and then and moved I, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, today has the, been sh- quite the show was at eight a.m. The show was at ten a.m. So like that got out of the way. And then I got back in, and um, Dan is moving into my friend Renee's apartment while she moves out into her new place with her boyfriend. Totes. Um, and another room in that place is getting vacated. So a friend of mine who um, is a wardrobe dresser on Groundhog Day, actually, um, he's moving all into that apartment with Dan soon, actually. Okay. And um, in all this math, there's a bed that's being left behind, so I... I got a new bed today. Whoa! Yeah, exciting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm sure it was just Dan working out like the moving details. Great. Yeah. And our favorite question of this week and every week, the final one: one person living or dead who you may or may not know who you would like to wish well today. I'm going to go on a somewhat similar note as you. It's not a teacher or a mentor per se, but it was someone who took a chance on me. And gave me my first. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I interrupted. That's fair. Um, And that's John Carney, who directed Begin Again and wrote Begin Again, and is also the writer director of Once and uh, Sing Street. And he, like, I took. I almost turned down an audition for something that I walked in thinking this is never going to happen, and it ended up being my first job. And he just plucked me out of obscurity not that i'm not in obscurity now but um but he just hired me and just i just had the best time with him and i appre- i just appreciate everything he does and everything he's done for me and yeah he's a great guy and i loved working with him and i'm honored to have been part of his canon of work because i think his movies are going to be timeless in a way yeah so, yeah um, and he's just a delightful Irishman who would John tell me, Carney. yeah, who would just tell me to improvise shit, and I'd be like, "You got it," and then there he'd be go. like, "That's great, like you're doing great," and I'm like, "Thanks, super grateful," because like this business is like full of ups and downs, and 
like I get to look back and think like, wow, I, I got to do something really cool, like at least once. Great. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, John. Thank and you, John I, like, And I wish you on. You take and like you take some time between projects, but they always but they're always worth it, and they're always great. So yeah, Totes. I'm on board. Yeah, great. So cool. that being said, plugs. Ian, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at ibroski on all the social media platforms and at Brodsky Ian on Facebook. What about you, Claire? <laughs> we do this the same way every, every week. week. I'm at womanship w o m a n s h i p on Twitter and Snapchat. And the show is at thisweeksthing.com, thisweeksthing at gmail.com, hashtag thisweeksthing, on all the social media at thisweeksthing. Yeah. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all the platforms, so make sure you tell your friends to like us, rate us, subscribe, five stars. Five stars! Um, yeah, tell tell your friends. The ratings are really important to us right now, and if you care about us even the tiniest bit, please help us chart up and uh, share it with your friends. Five stars would mean the world to us. Please, 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 and thank you. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. And of course, as you know, you can find Raj Rawal, our amazing guest, at ASAP Raji. A-S-A-P-R-A-J-Y. ASAP Raji. If you want to follow all of the amazing stuff that he does, you got to go there because oh, yeah. he's the friggin' bomb, obviously. Woo! All right. I'm Ian Brodsky. And I'm Claire Manship. And that that was was the thing thing that happened happened this week. week. Bye, y'all. Later.